Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and encouragement to your life. For a list of messages, to stream live services, and for updates about events and more info, visit lifechurchroa.org. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. Good morning. Look at somebody and say, man, it's good to see you today. All right. Look at somebody else and say, I like seeing you too. <laughs> hey, on your way out today, if you haven't gotten one of these, make sure to get one. This is all of our December events in one place, wrapped up in a nice little bow just for you to know what's going on. If you haven't gotten one or you didn't come out for Christmas decorating or the revival night that we just had, man, you missed a great time. Doesn't the dec- don't the decorations look beautiful? Yeah. Come on. Those of you decorated, thank you so much for that. We had also we had our Blue Ridge Metro section prayer and revival night on Friday. And man, there was about a hundred people here just worshiping God. They were they worshiped until like 1030. Uh, and so it was just an incredible night. God moved, a lot of really cool stuff happened, a lot of really great stuff going on. In addition to that, we've got Christmas Fest coming up this Saturday. So listen, if you haven't went out and purchased gifts for Christmas Fest yet and you plan on doing it, this is the week to do it. If you're wondering, what are you talking about? Stop by on your way out. We're gonna have a shop set up for those families who have need for Christmas gifts this year that the families can come in and shop. Now, what that means is that we're gonna give them the gifts, but we're gonna set it up like a little shop so that there's some dignity to it and there's some... Uh, fun with it. So uh, we're not charging them anything, but uh, we want to make sure that every kid who has need gets a gift and, and, and encounters the love of Jesus in a tangible, physical way. They're going to hear about Jesus at Christmas Fest from Buddy the Elf. He's going to tell his favorite Christmas story. They're going to get to hang out with the Grinch and Santa Claus and all the elves that are going to be going around, eat a great pancake breakfast, and have a great time. That's going to be 9 to 12 this Saturday, so you don't want to miss that, okay? Mark your calendars if you haven't already. And then the last big thing is Christmas at Life. December 24th is a Sunday, so Christmas Eve is a Sunday. We're doing two services that day, 10.30 a.m., our regular time, and 5 p.m. Now, it's two opportunities uh, to celebrate Christmas. Christmas with you this year, so come and make it a part of your family tradition. We look forward to that. I'm excited about that, but it's time to get into the Word. You ready to get in the Word today? All right, go ahead and open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Now, here's the thing. Uh, All of this Christmas season, we're going to be talking about a handful of things that each one of us experience. Each one of us go through. It's not that they're necessarily the worst things in the world. Sometimes they teach us things. Sometimes they help us. But they're still hard things for us to go through. Today, we're going to be talking about how we can overcome disappointment. In each one of these messages, we're going to look at someone who either missed Christmas, the first Christmas, because of something or almost missed it. Today, we're going to focus on someone who almost missed Christmas because of disappointment. Now, here's the thing. All of us are busy right? We're shopping, we're cooking, we're, we're, we're making plans, we're working, we're trying to do all this stuff. Everybody wants to have a Christmas party. Everybody needs a little bit of you. And so you're trying to make everything, accommodate everything, and it gets tough. It gets crazy around this time of year. And if we're not careful, we miss the very reason that we celebrate this time of year. 
There's a transformative power that comes with not missing the reason for the season. There's a transformative power when we focus on this idea that that Jesus stepped out of heaven. Now, I love you guys, but I'm probably not leaving heaven for you. It just is what it is. If that disappoints you, I'm sorry. We're talking today about how to overcome disappointment. I'm probably not gonna step out of heaven, yet Jesus did so willingly and didn't just step out as a king, stepped out as a baby. Now, here's what I, here's what I know. At, at 38, at 38, I wouldn't mind having some, some younger energy, but I wouldn't want to be a, a kid again. I just wouldn't wanna do it. They go through so much stuff now that I don't wanna go through. They deal with so much stuff that I don't want to deal with. And so I wouldn't want to go back to be a kid. I wouldn't want to go back to being a, a, a child again, although there, there are some benefits to it. There's always snacks. Nobody looks at you funny when you're carrying a bowl of Cheerios around. Okay. When pastor carries a bowl of Cheerios around they, and it's not breakfast, they kind of look at you disappointed, especially when you won't share with the kids. I wouldn't want to go back to that. Yet Jesus stepped out of eternity knowing all that he knew and became a a baby because he knew that the only way you and I were ever going to be able to spend eternity (laughs) beyond that first four inches of our existence with God was if he became the lamb. And so he steps out in one of the most humble ways anyone has ever done anything for us. And yet at this time of year, we allow things to get in the way and stop us from really focusing in. Look, I love gifts. I love shopping. I love food. I love family. I love getting to hang out with people. I love everything about the season. I like the movies. I even like the Hallmark movies. Yeah, I know you guys are like, ugh. No, I love them, right? They're so predictable. I love predictable things. I want to know that the first person I see in a Hallmark movie is going to fall in love. I love knowing that. I love knowing that it's always going to be some, some like high-powered, big-job woman who goes in, in, in this great job who goes to some small town and meets somebody that, that will never be caught dead in a big city, and she falls in love, and she gets, she gets told she has to leave the little city. She goes, and then all of a sudden, she has a reason to go back, and she's going to hug him, and at the end, they're going to kiss, and everything's going to be great. Every single Hallmark movie out there, by the way, Okay, but that's okay with me. I love the old, I love the predictability of the old cartoons that I used to watch as a kid. The Grinch, not that new stuff. The new stuff's okay, but it ain't the Grinch, okay? The the claymation, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the year without a Santa Claus. Ah, Mr. Heap, you know what I'm talking about? I love that stuff, I love Christmas, but sometimes, if I'm not careful, things get in the way and I don't focus on the reason. I lose sight in all the decorating and all the parties and all the craziness, and so that's what we're talking about. People who 
lost sight and almost missed or did miss the first Christmas. So we're going to start with a very familiar character today. Uh, His name is Joseph. He was chosen, he was appointed to be the earthly father of Jesus. And in the midst of all of this craziness that happens in his life, he doesn't allow his disappointment to get in the way of his appointment. Okay, he doesn't allow that to get in the way what he's being appointed to do. And today we've got some lessons we can learn from him. So uh, Matthew chapter one, we're gonna start in verse 18. Matthew doesn't really tell us a lot excuse me, about the birth of Jesus, specifically like how things go about. Luke really tells us more about that. What Matthew tells us is where Jesus came from. And it tells the story through the eyes of a man named Joseph. Now, this story for Joseph was a pretty big deal. And so we're gonna start here and we're gonna kind of break this down. Matthew chapter one, we're gonna start in verse 18 and read through verse 25. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Sounds like a pretty regular story so far. But before the marriage took place, bum, 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 right? This ain't no Hallmark movie. We can't predict what's about to happen. The only reason we know is because we've been told this story our whole life. But if you'd never heard this story, you wouldn't guess what's about to happen. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we'll stop here for just a second because I don't know about you, but I'm going to have a hard time believing this story. I'm going to have a hard time believing when somebody comes into my office and says, Pastor, I swear, I've never done anything. An angel came to me and said, this is what was going to happen. I'm going to struggle with that. Just going to tell you. I'm going to need an angel to tell me about it. All right. And so Joseph, Joseph finds out that the woman he is engaged to be married to is pregnant. But he's a pretty good guy. And so it says, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. None of this going to Facebook stuff, right? Some of y'all like, Pastor, you're meddling. Get away. He didn't go to Facebook. He didn't go to Instagram, right? He didn't go down to the coffee shop, tell everybody what was going on. A few people would have known because it was the, the engagement was public. And so, but he's trying to do it in a way that does not bring her disgrace. He's trying to be a good guy. Okay. And it says, as he considered this, now I want to stop here. I want you to pay attention. Joseph didn't just immediately act. Have you ever met somebody who just thinks about something and jumps right into it? They're like, they're standing at the edge of the pool and they're like, I think I'm going to dive in. And before you can even say no, it's shallow water, they're head first in. Joseph isn't that kind of guy. (laughs) Some of you are pointing at your spouses. I love it. Joseph's not that kind of guy. He's considering this. He's thinking about what's going to happen. And he says, it says that while he was considering this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph is sleeping on it. Oh, what a lesson. Sometimes you just need to sleep. 
Sometimes you just need, you just need to let, let God be God. Let God orchestrate the, the, even the, the first four inches that we're always worried about, let God orchestrate that too. And so Joseph is, he's snoozing and an angel comes to him. We don't know what angel it is. We just know an angel comes to him. It's possible it's Gabriel. It could be one of the others. Doesn't really matter. An angel shows up and says, Joseph, son of David. Because Joseph was in the line of David. That's important. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Now, a lot of times we hear angels say, do not be afraid. And that's kind of the statement, right? In this instance, it goes on. So I don't want you to separate those two things. It's important that they're together. The angel doesn't say, do not be afraid, and then say, you can take Mary. He says, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are. Somebody say you. You are to name him. Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, as you do from sleeping, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph... Joseph named him Jesus. Come on. Come on. I don't, there's nothing I can say today that's going to be more important than what I just read to you. Okay? Nothing. The Word of God opens us up and creates things inside of us that, that we couldn't do on our own and that no preacher can do but I'm still gonna give you what the Holy Spirit gave me, okay? So whatever you get today, I want you, I want you to make sure you heard the word today. Here's the big idea for today. Disappointment is something we all face. Not one of us is immune to it, and during the Christmas season, it can blind us to the real reason we celebrate Christmas. And while disappointment is unavoidable, our reaction is not unavoidable. In, In today's message, we're gonna learn that in the face of disappointment, we are to walk with compassion, courage, commitment, and overall walk with Christ. So if you're taking notes, if you wrote that down, you already know what the sermon's about. If you didn't take notes, you're gonna have to wait till I'm done. Take them as you go. Joseph had found the girl of his dreams. Everything was going great. Everything was perfect. And that is until it wasn't. Can anybody relate? Joseph knew that she was the one, Mary. Oh, man. This was going to be a perfect marriage. This is going to be great. He had, he had proclaimed that, that they were going to be married for all to hear. Everything was going good. And then all of a sudden, the rug was ripped out from under him. And things got crazy. And sometimes, a lot of times, when things go crazy, when things don't go as expected, when reality doesn't match our expectation, we get disappointed. Now, if you think for one second that Joseph was like, man, this is awesome. Mary's already pregnant. We've already got a kid on the way. You're wrong. His reality was that she was no longer someone that could be married. 
His reality was that he could not marry her because he would be a problem then. He would be ostracized then. He would be pushed away from the community then. You gotta understand there was nobody saying, Joseph, just marry her. There was nobody saying, put her away quietly. There was nobody saying, it'll be okay. Everybody was saying, you need to turn and run as fast as you can. This girl, crazy. Everybody. There wasn't anybody in his life that wasn't pushing him to run away from her. And in his disappointment, he silences those voices for just a second and leans on his integrity, leans on his character, leans on who he is and allows God time, even in the midst of disappointment, to speak to him, to guide him, to lead him. Can I tell you that's what the Holy Spirit does for us? But you gotta give him a little space. You gotta give the Holy Spirit space to lead you and guide you. If you've already made up your mind, I don't know about you, but sometimes I go to God and I've already made up my mind about what I want God to do. And maybe I'm the only one. I know y'all are super Christians. I know that y'all don't do that. Maybe I'm the only one that does that. But can I tell you, when we do that, we place God inside of a box and we say, you can work in my life. I want you to work in my life. But only if you do it my way. It's my way or the highway, God. I'm gonna tell you what God's gonna gonna do. He's gonna let you have it your way. And you ain't gonna like it. And so Joseph gives us some time. There were basically three steps to marriage in the Jewish world of Jesus' time. Engagement, and this could happen when the bride and groom uh, were young and it was often arranged by the parents. Then there was the betrothal and this, this made the previous engagement official and binding. During this time, the couple were known as husband and wife. And a betrothal could only be broken by a divorce. It usually lasted about one year. And then there was the marriage and that took place after the wedding, after the year of betrothal. And so there was these three places and they were, they were in the betrothal stage. They were already known as husband and wife. They were already, everybody knew they were gonna be together. Everybody knew they were gonna be married. And so this thing comes about, Joseph was happily betrothed and he went from that happiness to wondering what in the world went wrong in a matter of minutes. This was not a small event in Joseph's life. This was probably the most disappointing thing that he had ever faced. It was the the one thing that could derail everything and he's facing it. In Luke chapter one, Mary finds out that she's gonna give birth to Jesus. And the angel Gabriel shows up to Mary and, and, and greets her and he tells her she's highly favored and that she's gonna give birth to a son who's the son of God, which sounds great until the angel leaves and it clicks with Mary that everybody's gonna know she's pregnant. And she's gonna have to tell people what happened and nobody's gonna believe her. And I love Mary. We're, we're not gonna talk about Mary in this series much, but I love that Mary was just like, all right, let's do this, God. <laughs> I might have been like, God, you know, you could choose somebody else. I got an expectation for what I want to do in life, and this is going to change my reality. I mean, when when God kind of intervenes in our lives and calls us to do things, sometimes it changes us. Can I tell you where where I'd be if it was up to me? I'd have been a police officer. 
Can you imagine me a police officer? <laughs> Freeze! <laughs> like, they give elves guns now? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I mean, seriously, can you imagine that? God knew better. I can't imagine it, I'll tell you that. Sometimes I try and I just laugh. Immediately following this, Mary goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, and by the time she returns, there's no hiding that she's pregnant. So Joseph sees her and knows something's wrong. Now, I imagine that Joseph is like most of us. His disappointment most likely played out in many different emotions. You ever been disappointed and get mad at somebody? Disappointed and get sad and get hurt? Anybody ever, don't raise your hand, just think about it. You ever gotten bitter because somebody disappointed you? Come on. I don't know about you guys, but there are some people disappointed me. I just avoid, like they got the plague. I want nothing to do with them. They done disappointed me. I'm finished. I'm done. Joseph sees Mary, and I, lo- I just, I love it. He had to go through these emotions, and we read this story so fast sometimes that we forget that Joseph was human. Yet even in the disappointment, he chooses not to allow it to define him. And so he knows something's going on. By, by the end, uh, but the end result was that a delightful moment in his life shifted into a moment that left him disappointed. Now, I want to I define disappointment for you, and we've we got to move pretty quick here. Disappointment is a sadness or displeasure caused by a non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. If it looked like a math equation, it would look like, it would look like this. Throw that up there. Reality over expectation, Right? So if, if I was, if division, right? My reality divided by my expectation. What's really happening versus what I expected to happen. If I called up one of you and said, hey, I'm gonna give you $100 and I handed you a dollar bill, you'd be pretty ticked off. Be pretty disappointed, right? If I said to you, hey, uh, I'm gonna give you a car. Like you, I've got a car outside waiting on you in a parking, in a parking spot just for you and you walk out and it's a matchbox. By the way, I'm totally against those type of, uh, of, of jokes, practical jokes. I don't think they're funny at all, mainly because people did them to me and I don't like them. See, reality over expectation, that's what equals disappointment. The larger the spread between these two values, the more the disappointment. It isn't just that, though, but you also have to kind of take into account the thing that... that the factor of love. If I love something so much or someone so much and they disappoint me, it hurts even more, right? Think about this. If you walk outside and you expected it to be sunny, but it's rainy, you're disappointed, right? But you love your children infinitely more than you love the weather or you should. And so when they step away from Christ, the disappointment that that brings in your life, not disappointed necessarily in them, but at the situation because you love them so much. You see, reality over expectation, right? But also you have to factor in love. Reality over expectation times love gives us a level of disappointment or a level of joy, depending on what happens. Proverbs speaks to just how terrible the feeling of disappointment can be. Proverbs 15, 13 says, a happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. Proverbs 17, 22 says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit, we just talked about a crushed spirit, 
dries up the bones. Do you hear how heavy this is? Disappointment doesn't just stick around as disappointment. It grows if we'll allow it. If we allow it, it'll become more then, and, and we, we will focus on other things because of it. Proverbs 18, 14 goes on to say, a human spirit can endure in sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? Disappointment crushes the spirit, dries up the bones, and can lead to death if we allow it. It can cause us to miss what's happening all around us, blind us to the beautiful reality of even Christmas, something so beautiful and wonderful that we celebrate, something that defines who we are as Christians. And we can be blinded to it because of disappointment in our lives. And it can cause us to miss the transforming power of the birth of Christ. Disappointment left unchecked will lead to discouragement, which can lead to disillusionment, which can lead to depression, which can lead to defeat. Defeat is when we have absolutely surrendered to the lie that God does not want anything good for us. And it can start with disappointment. Joseph could have allowed his disappointment to make him miss his appointment. Joseph was given an incredible task that not everyone is suited for. He was appointed the male role model for God's son. The role that he plays in the life of the Messiah is immense, but his disappointment could have gotten in the way. He could have not even been around when Mary had the baby. And I wonder today how many appointments we miss because of our disappointments. Now, I want to, I want to dig into this. There's, there's four lessons from Joseph about not missing our appointments because of disappointment. The first is this. Even in disappointment, he walked with compassion. If you're taking notes, you need to write this down. Even in disappointment, he walked with compassion. Matthew plainly presents the virgin conception and subsequent birth of Jesus, but does so without the greater detail of Luke. And just like for us, a virgin birth was difficult for people to believe. And this was a huge trial for a godly young woman like Mary and Joseph, who was betrothed to her. Her situation was the most distressing and humiliating situation you can imagine. I want you to, I want you to just to grasp the gravity of what's happening here. Even in the midst of disappointment and humiliation, they chose to be obedient. They chose to be compassionate. Joseph, who could have easily had Mary killed for this, I mean, she could have been, you, you think, read, read as Jesus got older about what they did to, to women when they were found in sexual sin. Yet his compassion shone through even in his disappointment. Joseph knew that if Mary had been unfaithful to him, it would be impossible to go through with the marriage Even so, he didn't want to make this an unnecessary hardship on her. So Joseph made the decision to show compassion and quietly divorce her. Even in his disappointment, he understood that compassion was important. When we choose compassion in our own disappointment, it stops bitterness from taking root. We got a lesson to learn here from Joseph. When you're disappointed in something or someone, you can let it ruin your entire day 
right? Or you can choose to show compassion in that moment. And I promise you the outcome of showing compassion is gonna lead you to a better place because discouragement can ultimately lead to being destroyed if we'll allow it. It isn't that discouragement and, or, or experiencing discouragement is a sin. It's about, it, it isn't that. It's about how we walk through it. Uh, Friday night, I, I preached about when Jesus said, come to me, all you who are, who are burdened. Come to me, all who are weary. Take up my yoke, for it's easy and it's light. And when we take up his yoke, he walks with us and takes on some of the weight of the burdens that we carry. When we, you still have a yoke on, but you're yoked to him, and that means he's walking with you through those things. That includes disappointment. The second thing that we learn from Joseph is that even in disappointment, he walked with courage. Now, while all of this was on Joseph's mind, he had a dream and he, he, he was understandably troubled by Mary's mysterious pregnancy, her future, and what he should do towards her. And he decided to put her away secretly, but it just didn't set right with him. You ever thought of it? You ever decided you were gonna do something and then it just didn't quite set right? Just didn't feel right? If you're choosing to be led by the Spirit in your life, you need to listen to those moments. Holy Spirit might be telling you something. Holy Spirit might be trying to get you to pay attention. And so Joseph didn't quite act on it. So he laid down. He just said, I'm going to take some time and think about this. Gave God an opportunity to speak to him. He goes to sleep. An angel comes. And the first thing the angel says is, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Now, why would Joseph fear that? Because any issue that the community had with Mary, they were going to have with Joseph if he took her as his wife. The community wasn't accepting of that in, in, in that moment. And so whatever they put jo Mary through, they were going to put Joseph through if he stayed with her. Yet he understood that compassion and courage, even in the face of disappointment, mattered. Joseph was a good Jew, and I've often wondered if he thought back to scripture when Joshua was told be strong and courageous even in the face of his brothers and sisters even in the face of his mom and dad even in the face of his neighbors be strong and courageous when you're disappointed be strong and courageous it's okay to forgive even when the world to forgive people who've disappointed you to love people who've disappointed you even when the world says they don't deserve it compassion and courage. The angel goes on to explain the situation to Joseph, but even armed with the truth, Joseph was going to have to face the fact that there would be plenty of people around him who didn't believe and just thought the worst. He would spend his life in the shadow of the perceptions of others, but shadows are always dispelled with the light. He chose to walk in courage, even with disappointment all around him. The third thing we see is that even in disappointment, he walked with commitment. In verse 21, the angel says, she will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will, give his he will, he will save his people from their sin. Then in verse 25, at the end, it says he named him Jesus. Life was not what it was supposed to be, but Joseph was committed to God and the plans of God. 
Disappointment can derail us from the plans of God. Remember, I'm not talking about disappointment being sin. I'm talking about what it can do and how it can drive us. Talking about us being aware that even in disappointment, we can walk in compassion, in courage, and in commitment to God's plans, even when we don't understand what's going on. It can cause us to falter in our commitment to God. When he asks us to do hard things, to walk with compassion, courage, and commitment and disappointment, yet his, Joseph's commitment to God was unwavering. So much so that he wakes up and does exactly what he was told to do. He even goes above and beyond so there can be no question about the virgin birth. He doesn't sleep with Mary. He doesn't, doesn't know Mary that way until after Jesus is born. So there can be no question about what's happening. Joseph was disappointed, but he didn't allow his disappointment to blind him to what was happening right in front of him. He didn't miss Christmas because of it. When we find ourselves in a place of disappointment, we cannot let it break our commitment to God. If we find ourselves disappointed this Christmas season, we have to lean into our commitment to him and accept the challenge that he's giving us to share him with the world, to share his love. The last thing that we learn from Joseph, really we don't learn in this moment, but as Jesus gets a little bit older, it's simply this. Not only do we have to walk with compassion and courage and commitment, but even in disappointment, we have to walk with Christ. Joseph, disappointed in his reality versus his expectation, chose to take up the mission Things were no doubt different than Joseph thought it would be. And the disappointment doesn't stop here with, the, with, with finding out Mary's pregnancy. After Jesus is born, he finds out that somebody wants to kill him. And he's got to go to another land. He's got to go be a foreigner in Egypt. But he was called to walk with Christ. And that means protecting him. That means loving him. That means being compassionate, living with courage and commitment to what he's been called to even in the face of disappointment. Joseph is such an example. He could have missed the first Christmas. He could have not been there. Yet because he was, even in the face of disappointment, we see some amazing things happening. He understood that in the midst of the disappointment, he was given an appointment to walk with Christ. And he did. Joseph protects his son, loves his son, and raises his son in the face of incredible disappointment. He does this with compassion, courage, commitment. He walks with Christ. And I believe he was an incredibly influential person in the life of Christ.
He was given an incredible appointment and he did not disappoint. Like Joseph, we also have to walk with Christ even in moments of disappointment. We need him when disappointment threatens to crush our spirit. We need him when disappointment threatens to dry up our bones and ultimately defeat us. Church, disappointment is unavoidable, but our reaction to it is not. We have to walk through disappointment with compassion, with courage, with commitment, and with Christ. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes all across the room. I wonder if today there's anybody in the room that would say to me, I'm facing disappointment today. I'm disappointed in myself. I'm disappointed in something that God, I feel like God has done. I'm disappointed in something somebody has done. I'm disappointed in something, some situation. And I don't want it to grow today. I don't want it to be more than what it was ever supposed to be. And today I want to choose to show compassion. I want to choose to be courageous in the face of disappointment. I want to choose to remain committed and choose to walk with Christ through the disappointment. To not let it tangle me up and hold me back from being able to focus on Christ in my life. Not just for Christmas, but all of my life. Today, I'm experiencing some kind of disappointment. And pastor, I just, I just need strength. I want the Holy Spirit to help me. I want the Holy Spirit to be with me as I choose compassion, choose courage, choose commitment, choose Christ. Even in the face of disappointment, if that's you and you would say, I've got some disappointment today and I don't want it to blind me. I don't want it to get in the way. I want you just to stand up right there where you're at. I've got some disappointment. Things, my reality doesn't match my expectations. And even so, I stand today and say, help me to show compassion. Help me to show courage. Help me to show commitment. Help me to walk with you. I'm disappointed in the diagnosis. I'm disappointed in the decision that somebody's made. I look at my life and I'm disappointed at the distance that I've come. But today, even in the face of disappointment, I choose to walk with Christ and I want strength and courage and commitment and compassion to do that. If that's you, stand up. I believe the word of God's got to be responded to. I believe it has to be responded to. If you're standing, begin to pray. Begin to ask the Holy Spirit to give you those things. If you're still sitting and your heart's beating out of your chest and you feel like you should stand up, you feel like you've got something here, even if you're not sure what it is, stand up and give it to him this morning. Heavenly Father, today you know the heart's You know the minds, you know the situations of every person in this room. And Jesus, today, in the face of disappointment, we choose to focus in on you. 
Father, our expectations don't match our reality and we understand that sometimes that's going to happen. We get it. We understand that that's going to be the case in our lives at times. But Father, today in the face of disappointment, we choose to not allow it to derail us. We choose to not allow it to destroy us, to crush us. We choose today to not allow that disappointment to blind us to the reason we celebrate Christmas, the reason we have this time of year. And for the rest of our lives, Lord, we choose not to allow it to be in the way. Father, for those who are disappointed in others, let them show compassion. Father, for those who are disappointed in themselves, let them show compassion. Father, for those dealing with disappointment and the world is saying, no, they deserve for you to push them to the side. They deserve for you not to be around them. Give them courage to step up and say, no, that's not what Christ would do. In the face of disappointment, I choose to be courageous. I choose to do what only Jesus would do. I choose to lay down the offense. I choose to lay down the bitterness today. I choose your courage. Courage to sacrifice my own feelings. Courage to sacrifice my own ideas. Courage to sacrifice what the world says is acceptable. At the altar of what you deem as necessary. Jesus, we choose to be courageous today. Father, help us to remain committed to you no matter what you're asking us, even in the face of disappointment. If you're asking us to forgive in the face of disappointment, let us remain committed to forgive. If you're asking us to do something for that person or in that situation, let us remain committed to you. If you're asking us to do what no one else would do, give us the strength and the commitment to walk in it today. Father, in all of these things, for every person standing here today, the strength to continue to walk with you. Because, Father, in the face of disappointment, you bring delight. Father, you are the joy. All of the disappointment that Joseph faced, I can only imagine washed away as the Son of God laid in a manger, having stepped out of heaven to become the sacrifice for us. So Father, wash away as we walk with you, Jesus. Father, for those who stood, those who said disappointment is something I'm facing, give them the strength to walk through it. Let them be yoked to you, Father. And as they walk through it to come out on the other side, delighted and joyful not bitter not depressed not broken but blessed to be in your presence Lord we love you we praise you and we worship you Jesus it's in your name we pray Amen Thanks for joining us for this week's message Don't forget to visit us at LifeChurchROA on Instagram and Facebook for updates service times and ways to get involved If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, we would love to partner with you on your next steps. Visit lifechurchroa.org slash Jesus to learn more. We love you and we can't wait to see you soon.